Welcome to the November episode of Jazz Talk Seattle. My name is Josh. And my name is Max. And today, through the power of the internet, uh, we have Danae Greenfield all the way from Brooklyn, New York. Hello. (laughs) You are in Brooklyn, yes? Yes, I am in Brooklyn. Cool. Well, Danae is a fantastic keyboardist, pianist, uh, composer, arranger. Aspiring singer. Aspiring singer. Which we found out. (laughs) Which we did find out more on that in a little bit. Uh, And she's uh, from Seattle, right? Did you grow up in Seattle? Uh, Just outside in Bellevue. Okay, cool. You went to Newport High, is that right? I did. Nice. And Berkeley afterwards. And I was just checking out your website and looking for stuff to talk you up (laughs) for this part of the episode. (laughs) And uh, it sounds like you've got endorsement deals with like Nord and some other pedal company that I I couldn't remember. Yeah, yeah. I recently uh, got endorsed by Nord, um, I think in August or so. Uh, So that's That's pretty cool. That's really exciting. I've had my Nord, or I've had two Nords total in my life, but the one I've had for the last couple of years is Nord Stage 2 EX, and I love it. And then the pedal company is called Earthquaker Devices, and they make some crazy pedals. Um, nice. Mostly for like bass and guitar, but also, you know, definitely trying to tap into the keyboard world too. Uh, but yeah, they're really, really cool. That's cool. Uh, yeah. Can people hear those pedals um, somewhere on the internet? Like yes. you playing them? Yes. I have videos on my Instagram oh, of cool. me playing them, and I've tagged um the earthquaker account so they can check out earthquaker devices through there cool we'll probably talk more about that in a little bit cool that's pretty pretty exciting uh and uh you've played with a long long list of people which is um really exciting to see but one thing i wanted to bring up was i'm a big fan of adam neely's youtube channel he's a bass player and for those that are those of our listeners that don't know he's a incredible bass player and a great YouTuber too. And uh, just makes these video essays on music theory and uh, the New York scene and gigging and things like that. And I was, I follow his channel pretty closely and was watching um, a video of him playing with his band Sungazer. And all of a sudden I see the back Danae (laughs) playing keyboards and I freaked out. It was like, Oh, I know who that is. That's so cool. Yeah, that's he's awesome. Uh, yeah, I played one gig with his band. Usually, it's just a duo. Um, mm-hmm. Him and him and drums and tracks, I believe. Um, don't quote me on that; could be wrong. But yeah, he played like a full band show back in January, like very very beginning of the year, and he asked me to play, and it was super fun. His music's kind of crazy, and but it was really fun. I'm glad I got to learn some of his songs. That's really cool. Uh, how did you get connected with him? Um, I want to say we met through this really cool group um, that's based in New York called Apartment Sessions. Oh, okay. Um, oh, I've seen yeah, those videos. Yeah. That's so yeah, for, another for any, thing. Yeah, for anyone who doesn't know who uh, what Apartment Sessions is, is it's just kind of a group of four of my friends. Um, Liz, Drew, Luke, and Evan, and they have these crazy, like, 20-person band sessions in their apartment, Um, and then it's all filmed, and they usually, like, feature a vocalist or someone um, in each you know, for each song, but it's the concept is just 20, like, I don't know, 20 plus musicians all crammed in a tiny Brooklyn apartment together. 
um, playing music. <laughs> and it's really fun. I've met a lot of uh, really amazing people through that. Um, That's and I, really, really I'm cool. pretty sure I met Adam through that because he was playing bass, like sitting on top of like a bunk bed one time. <laughs> I think I've actually seen that video. <laughs> yeah. uh, and I, now that you mentioned that, I do remember seeing you those videos too. Have you done a couple of them or? I've, yeah, I've done a few, like maybe four or five, I want to say. Um, that sounds all, really fun. They're all different. And, um, you know, sometimes I know the featured artist. Um, and then sometimes it's kind of a surprise to me. And but either way, it's it's um, really a really amazing way to meet some great people and talented musicians. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, so I'm really curious about the sessions. And since we have you on, uh, I'm going to go ahead and ask uh, ask about it. How, yeah. uh, how much advance notice do you get to the sheet music and or do they do rehearsals and how does that um, all work? Yeah. So pretty much we gather at like 10 AM on a Tuesday or a Thursday or something or whenever. And, um, I want to say usually we get the music. The music's usually finalized like the week of, um, because, uh, Luke and Evan and Drew, um, all arrange, the music um uh, or the song you know if it's an, someone's original song that they usually play a certain way with their band you know you know they ha have to take that then and uh arrange it for like you know a 20 piece band with like a full horn right. section string section background vocalists and um rhythm section so um yeah um i want to say i usually i get the music two or three days before uh, that's but not a lot of time to practice. No, uh, sometimes the night before, but that's kind of the beauty of it. And we, you know, so we get together and then we have, um, I want to say like usually an hour to an hour and a half to actually rehearse um, the music kind of with our first with our section and little groups and then as a as a band. Mm -hmm. um, and then, yeah, you know, usually like four or five takes um depending on time and you know it's never you know it's it, the whole i don't know i really like how it's not always perfect but i think that's kind of there's a beauty in that for sure like i don't know just getting Definitely. a bunch of people cramming in an apartment just being like all right like we're gonna do this now and it's gonna sound great we're gonna play the best we can play it some of it's really hard stuff too like you know there's been times where i've kind of been freaking out but you know the rehearsals help and it always comes out really really um always sounds great in the end and i'm like wow i didn't know it was gonna sound this good <laughs> so, i really have enjoyed yeah. the final products that i've listened to um, how awesome. yeah, long yeah. does an apartment sessions day usually usually go? I assume you only do the uh, do it in, within a day. Yeah. Um. So it's actually usually just from like 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. So just a few hours, and they have different arrival times for each section depending on um, how um, complicated like their part is, or if there's you know a crazy load. And like one time we did like a session where half the band was in the apartment and then the other half of the band was on the roof so it so we were like <laughs> oh, we all had headphones on or earphones on so we could hear what was going on downstairs but we couldn't see anything we couldn't see who was singing like wow. it was really crazy that one and it also like middle of july like blistering sun uh yeah i forget i forget what that one was called but that was a really crazy one so and then actually, all, yeah you all play live at the same time Yes. Yeah. It's every, all every live. Time? Okay. Yep. Wow. 
Yeah. It's really which is the Which is the craziest part, I know. And if uh, you're arriving at 10 or some of the musicians are arriving at 10, surely the setup um, has started well before that, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm sure that the four, like, main um, guys and girl probably start early, like, at least if an hour or two before you know rearranging the entire apartment the apartment's always arranged differently uh every Mm -hmm. time based on the instrumentation um so one time i was like on top of i played my little uh synth my korg mini log i played that and they had me stand on the counter and i had my mini log on top of the fridge (laughs) 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 that one that one's that one was really fun (laughs) Um, but yeah, it's, it's different every time I've been, you know, at a Nord, just kind of on the floor. I've played the upright piano sometimes, and then I've been standing on a counter other times. That's that awesome. sounds like such a fun project to be a part of. Definitely. So it seems, it seems kind of like a lot of, uh, things, musical things being produced in New York these days, uh, are either geared towards the internet or at least have a pretty strong internet presence uh, yeah would you say that's that's pretty true yeah definitely i mean new york traditionally is at least for the last i don't know half a century or so has been basically kind of the epicenter of um jazz music and also just jazz based um music it's, it seems to be kind of like the benchmark city if you will right yeah kind of, you know so if uh living there uh, just want to change gears a little bit. Yeah, sure. Uh, things like the apartment sessions and stuff like that. Uh, are there any other notable new internet things basically coming out of New York right now that you want to talk about that you might know? Uh, I'm trying to think. I mean, it seems like a lot of music these days is being more geared toward or geared towards uh, social media and YouTube and and things like that. Definitely. Um, I want to say, well, apartment sessions is kind of the main one that I know of where I actually like know the people that run it, um, Mm -hmm. per se. But, um, I feel like there's a few, maybe like I, I'm not affiliated such. I don't know. I don't know people that run these, but I feel like there's, um, a few, like maybe live, uh, like studio sessions that, that are kind of popping up. And I don't know, maybe it's not just New York. I feel like it's many places, but this one mm-hmm. in particular I'm thinking of in this moment is called Paste Magazine. And it's, mm. I think, based in Manhattan. And it's a studio with kind of like a library-ish setting with cool rugs. Yeah, and they have just did a session on that that yes. I was watching. Is that yes, kind of like the exactly. tiny desk? Tiny desk kind it's, of vibe? it's similar to similar, t- yes, yeah. okay. similar. Um, but the um, but tiny desk is more like produ- you know produced and right. an, a closed thing. But paste is all live streamed all over the internet. Um, and I follow Paste Magazine on uh, Facebook. So every now and then I'll uh, you know open Facebook and the first thing I see is oh wow you know jacob collier is doing a live (laughs) show right now on the internet on pace and that's definitely actually i was talking to a friend um about pace the other day because i with my like original music it's that could like definitely be a you know maybe a goal for me for next year is to um try to try to finesse my connections and figure out how i can you know 
maybe do a live show on on pace because they have a really big following and um everything always sounds really great is, um, is that something that people like pay, like pay a subscription to to watch or something or is it just for you, free to you anyone, know or? i'm not sure i <clears throat> just follow from what just my knowledge is i follow the magazine or i follow the magazine i follow the page on facebook and they just have their stuff you know streaming um for huh. free um i would like to say you know they'll they'll put everything on youtube um but as far as i know there's no like paid subscription to that i don't know exactly i don't know maybe it's a maybe it's a free thing for you know you know it's a really great um exposure for the artists and you know it's just something that they're gonna you know each band will have to promote their music you know once it's over right. so it you know it, it is beneficial for them in that way um but yeah i'm not sure um right now hmm. all i know is that it's free to watch and sounds amazing um but that's yeah that's that's one that came to my came to my mind that really kind of channels the power of social media very cool that's really cool so I want to yeah. shift gears a little and uh, start talking about your band and your music and your project. Sure. Yeah. So on your website, it says that you've got a jazz acoustic trio and an electronic quintet. And yes. this record uh, called Shelter that just came out earlier this year, I've yes. really been enjoying this record. It's uh, a great but record. I hear a quartet. I hear a guitar, keys, uh, drums, and bass. And yes. is that uh your acoustic trio plus one or the electronic yeah, quintet yeah. minus one or what's going on there <laughs> so that's yeah definitely more that's a good question actually um maybe i should update my website also but um yeah at berkeley i was mostly playing uh like a trio like jazz trio with upright bass and um and drums um mostly when i was in school and then when i moved here um I wanted to continue playing that music in a, a you know a jazz you know acoustic setting, um, but I've always just really loved the sound of a of guitar. So I you know got my friend Jacob Matthias to play guitar on some of my songs, which I liked a lot because it kind of you know at least for this uh, EP that I put out earlier this year, it kind of gave me some freedom to be more creative, and you know he would you know, he was able to take on some of the, um, you know, uh, what, what am I trying to say? Uh, some of the, I don't know, just the things that I usually do on the piano. Um, sure, he was like able to kind of, kind of thing? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Rolls, rolls. Exactly. Um, so he was able to take over some of that and vice versa. And, um, and yeah, so my, yeah, my uh, record that I released in May was, um, yeah, my, I guess my jazz quartet. Cool. <laughs> um, at least for that. And um, it's a small compilation of songs that I've had written since early high school through college. Um, and I, you know, I've always, I grew up playing jazz. Um, I love jazz very much and always will. And I just felt, um, as though I needed, it was time for, um, a time stamp per se, sure. um, to, you know, to let everyone know where, you know, my upbringing and, um, the songs that have shaped me and even the ones I wrote in early high school, I'm still not even tired of yet so i guess that's saying that's a good something. sign <laughs> they sound great um thank you thanks um yeah so, so I, I was yeah 
I want to uh, dig into this interaction that you mentioned between you and the guitar. Um, I play, yeah. or I play in a band, a swing band, uh, where I play an accordion and playing with the guitarist, and both of us are chordal instruments, and uh-huh. that we so often fulfill like our so often in musical context. I feel like there's only one chordal instrument. And to have mm-hmm. multiple of them. Um, so in my projects where that's happened, that's an interaction that I've had to really explicitly work on and talk right. about how to split up those roles so that we're not stepping on each other's toes. Uh, can you right, talk a right. little bit about um, how you've worked out the interaction with the guitarist that you're playing with? Yeah. So um, for some of the songs that I wrote, um, I don't know, I'll just give some examples of how we work some stuff out. Um, for melody for melody stuff sometimes i'd be playing the melody and then i would write a harmony for guitar so Mm -hmm. you know he actually has something specific to play um versus i mean on the other hand there were other times where i wanted to give him the freedom to you know explore chord shapes and and different stuff but while being sensitive to my melody so Mm -hmm. um you know i so with that i i liked that a lot because you know i don't play guitar so i'm not I don't know what's really going to sound good and bad, but, you know, I do use my ears a lot for everything. So I would always just kind of speak up if, you know, something didn't sit right with me. But generally, um, you know, Jacob uh, is a very sensitive um, um, guitarist and, you know, he's very careful about, you know, making sure that when he has a more, you know, a backseat, not backseat, but you know, a supporting role that he's able to fulfill that and then vice versa where, you know, when I'm like, all right, you can take the reins. He, you know, he knows that he can just go for it. Um, so yeah, I, I'd like, I guess, um, yeah, dividing up, you know, some melody and harmony stuff. Um, sometimes, um, I would be only playing the chords and harmony and he would have the melody, um, like in mm-hmm. the first track, in the first track, endless waltz, I have him playing the melody actually, most of the time um maybe he i think maybe halfway through the the head he passes the melody off to me and he kind of takes a harmony role um but but generally it's uh it's yeah it's it's very um we're supporting we're all supporting each other yeah we We all have roles this whole record (laughs) sounds like everyone is playing as a band as as like a really tight unit so it sounds yeah it sounds like one uh, yeah thank you yeah it sounds great yeah, I, yeah. <clears throat> I really enjoy the interaction, and it's it sounds very tight. Um, and it sounds like you surely you must be rehearsing and playing with this project quite a lot together, right? Yeah, um, a a fair amount. Um, I it, it's actually it's actually interesting. We did have a few rehearsals. Um, everyone in the band, so Rob Taylor on bass mm-hmm. and J.K. Kim on drums. Um, the I played with J.K. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> um, he is, um, he played, um, like trio with me, JK did, um, all throughout mo- like most of my Berkeley career. So, um, JK knew those songs really well. Cool. And then I've played with Rob and Jacob also like, um, I kind of started playing with them once I moved to New York. Um, but they've definitely picked up my music. And, um, so we were all, we're, you know, each individual person was, familiar with it and it was just a matter of really putting it together in a way that would be cohesive and you know different than a live setting um and that was something that i was really focusing on in the rehearsals is like 
like the arrangement because right. you know it's so much doing it for a record especially since this was my first one i really had to get into the mindset of like oh how can we play this the same every time but you know add little things to make them you know unique and still musical and you know not like we're reciting an essay but right. you know they're you know i think it for a record it was important to have parameters and for any you know recording um uh having you know set things that are set in stone and then things that aren't set in stone i think that kind of you know push pull thing is was really important for this recording in particular definitely uh let's go into some individual songs um so I gotta ask about uh, the is. first track. Yeah, <laughs> the first track is called and- <laughs> the first track is called "Endless Waltz," and it's a beautiful it's song. It's not a waltz, <laughs> and that's very confusing to me. I spent, I swear, like a good chunk of it, like listening for some hidden waltz polyrhythm or something that I didn't understand. And I couldn't find it. Like texted me or called me or something a few days ago, and was like, "Max, what time signature is Endless Waltz in?" It's like it's it's not three, right? Like, please tell me it's not three. <laughs> <laughs> so why yeah, is it called endless waltz you know what i just thought i was i was just trying to be funny <laughs> <laughs> well i guess know that you've messed with me for like an untold amount of time trying to figure that out it's so funny yeah i think so i wrote that that's actually the newest song um of all the uh all six songs well i didn't write moon river but um yeah, of, of the five original songs on there, that's the latest one that I wrote. I wrote that my second, my last year at Berkeley. Cool. I wrote that. So I the first time performing that one was at my senior recital. And then, you know, it just kind of, I kept playing it and it, you know, having I presented it to my band in New York and they all really liked it. Nice. And actually, when I was, I was actually in, uh, Max and I went to India last year and we played that song too. And I remember, you know, asking the crowd for suggestions for <laughs> song <laughs> titles. Yep. And there was this one that Cole said <laughs> that, that, oh man. And I actually kind of, I'm really upset that I don't remember, but there was one name in, in particular that was so good, and then I forgot it, and I'm really upset. If oh, I man. if I ever remember it, it was like I'll have well, to. Maybe ask Cole, we can ask Cole Schuster Cole is, later. What Cole might know. <laughs> I think he would remember. He actually reminded me, like even maybe last time I saw him, and I was like, oh man, I forgot about it. But that, for now, it's same? called. It's for now. Huh. Was that the same? Was that? was that the same guy that came up to us and decided to give us a compliment, but also tell us that we could have played like a lot better? I uh, maybe. Oh my god, I forgot about that too. I think it was the same guy. Yeah, this guy <laughs> had a lot of uh, choice comments on our music. It was great. I want to hear some of these comments, Max. Well, he came into the <laughs> so bands have the, the green room, which is like a warm up room usually, right? Mm-hmm. So after we played one night, this this guy comes into the back room and comes up to us and says, wow, guys, you know, I really feel like you could have played better. (laughs) And we're all sitting there kind of like, you know, digesting the performance we just did. Wow. And and then he's like, well, but it sounded good. And he kind of just looks at us and and lets that sit in the air. And none of us really know what to say. Say or anything, and so that sounds similar to an experience like, I had. Oh, uh, uh, maybe 
that sounds similar to experience <clears throat> I had maybe two years ago. I was playing with a playing a gig with a band that will remain unnamed, where uh, somebody came up to me and pulled me aside. He was like, "Here, come, come, come here," and like we hid in like some back hallway of the venue, and he was like, "All right." You sounded great. The band's I like the band's music, but your drummer is too loud. You need to talk to him. <laughs> it was such a weird experience. I was like, okay, sure. Hmm. That's so funny. <laughs> I, I wasn't but... playing drums, was I? No, there okay. was. You were not on this gig. <laughs> but that's all I'll say. <laughs> that's all I'll say about the gig. Okay. <laughs> and... That's funny. Well, until we figure out the remember that name, the name that the audience member suggested, um, Endless Waltz will be the title, but it's not a waltz, but it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, I have another question about another song. Yes, uh, sure. Willow Tree. Yeah. Um, is this, I, I don't know if I've asked before, is this uh, by chance named after a tree in Boston? Yes, Is it, it by is. chance um, on the Charles River? Wow, you got it. I know this tree. <laughs> yeah, there's this like really beautiful tree, um, you know, like on the Charles River, 10 minute walk from Berkeley. That's just, you know, in the summer just has these huge, like lush tree branches and mm -hmm. leaves. And um, yeah, it's just a great <clears throat> spot to sit and reflect um, in Boston. Something, one of the few things I very much miss about Boston is that tree and the Charles River and having access, very close access to a body of water. Yep. Um, but yeah, that song is named after that. I think tree. there might be a really terrible glam photo of me laying in that tree somewhere deep on the internet, <laughs> but I'm not going to tell anyone to go look for it. We're reviving that and probably putting <laughs> it on the no, podcast. No, that's not going to happen. Where I'm absolutely going to look for it right after this. <laughs> it's a great tree. Same. And yeah, <clears throat> Danae, you and me can both tag Max in our respective Instagrams. I think I'm going to try and yeah. find this and remove any trace of it from the internet. <laughs> it's going to be a race to see who can find it first. Ooh, All right, race. so let's move on. Uh, this wouldn't be a music podcast without getting to listen to some music. And so the title track of your EP is Shelter, right? Yes. Cool. Well, why don't we give that a listen and then we can talk about it after, uh, yeah, listening to it for a bit. Cool.
That was really beautiful. I really liked how the intro and the outro has got uh, the bass playing the melody together with the Rhodes. Um, and that, like, that section, like, specifically the intro has been stuck in my head for the past, like, two days, just kind of looping. Yeah. It's Thank a you. really pleasant experience. Same here, actually. It's a really beautiful song. Thank you. So, I think that's probably the, my favorite song I've written nice. in my life so uh, far. What is the yes. story behind this tune? Why is it called Shelter? And uh, what... Uh, what are the circumstances surrounding the writing of this tune? Sure, yeah. So I wrote this song in particular um, one, I think it was the first winter that I was home um, during, um, on break at Berkeley, um, maybe my first or second semester. And I have a, you know, a Baldwin upright piano at my, at my home. Um, and... I just sat down one day. I just remember it being a really, you know, kind of very typical Seattle, dreary, cloudy, rainy, drizzly winter day. And um, I don't know what uh, what really sparked it, but that melody kind of just came out. Um, and I was just, you know, I don't think my parents were home at the time, so I felt like I really had a space to, you know, play freely um you know and um this song the story behind it is just you know i it was coming back from my first semester at berkeley i was had many many emotions and it was my first time living out of my house and or you know across the country too um which was you know very daunting as you know in and of itself and um i ended up writing shelter which is kind of just you know, more or less so a thank you, you know, letter or song to my, uh, my parents for, um, you know, sheltering me, ha, um, my whole life and, you know, providing for me, having a roof over my head and incredible food. Um, and you know, I, I, I was just feeling so grateful, you know, for, for all those, um, incredible times with them growing up and, um, that I had just the best support system from, from them. And, you know, it's because of them that I was able to, you know, pursue my, um, passion for music at berkeley so um that's where shelter that's comes from really really cool well it's a beautiful song um it's got I, thank you yeah, i love the textures you get on it and there's some really really killer solos to boot what's time will tell about thank you time will tell i was one like i'm pretty sure time will tell is the first song Whoa. i ever wrote that one that's that's from like sophomore year of high school um and i don't know i i it was kind of my first time really exploring some different harmony um in high school early high school i was you know in jazz band and stuff it's you know fairly strictly straight ahead swing earlier straight ahead swing yeah earlier stuff so you know that entails you know a more straightforward harmony as well so that was kind of my first time trying to explore you know and figure out harmony harmonies that were maybe a bit outside the box um and that was also my first time writing a song in three um and i that's that's the backstory that i can really remember off the top of my head i um i think i wrote it with my 
or with my um, piano teacher at the time, Michael Stegner, in mind. Um, thank you. Maybe he tra- challenged me to write something different or use triplets and, <laughs> you know, more nice. unconventional harmony. Um, so maybe he was a part of that as well. Um, but yeah, that's where Tamil comes from. I have one last from. question about the album, um, at least from my sure. perspective. Um, I was just curious uh, where the art came from. It's really... I mean, I like the art. It kind of has Thank elements you. of Seattle yeah. and elements of some other things. And I'm just wondering what what yes. that's from. What What um, is that? Yeah, so <clears throat> I was working with an artist um, who has this band called Scotch Mist. Um, and his social media um, is, I think, just at Scotch Mist NYC. Um, and he is a collage artist, um, and he hadn't done many, you know, collaborations like this before, but I've always, I, you know, was always very intrigued by his artwork and I just like the idea of collages. So we were working together for, we, yeah, we worked together on the album cover and, um, I, you know, every part of the album, um, cover all the artwork has some significance to my upbringing or you know my passions like the background um is from the top of rattlesnake Mm -hmm. um ledge um so that's the kind of you know the background is that and then outside of seattle yeah um, i mean yes amazing hike area um and then what else is on there? There's some rhododendrons on there, um, which is, you know, they grow outside my house and, you know, the all over State Washington. Plant, or flower or something. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah right. Um, and then there's a big tree branch that has been kind of flip-flopped um, that's also on the um, on the album cover. And that is um, actually... a a really cool tree at Centrum, which is a, um, a jazz, the jazz camp that kind of, you know, inspired me to um, continue um, pursuing music over in Port Townsend. Um, happens every summer. Incredible, incredible faculty. But there's this crazy red tree there. Um, and I, that's just from a picture I took in like 2011 or 2012 when I was at camp, uh, a student there attending the workshop. Cool um so that was cool and then the picture of me like the picture of me that's on there with the upright piano was just a cool one in boston from a gig i was doing outside but you know each part of the of the album cover has a significance oh yeah and then gasworks park is also Mm, at the top my favorite park in seattle how much your songs tell a story of your life as as does the album cover that's yeah it's really cool yeah really really cool thank you Okay, so let's move on to the last song on the record, uh, Moon River, which I had this playing, I think the first time I listened to the record all the way through, I was driving somewhere and I I put it on and was just digging the vibe all the way through. And then we got to Moon River and all of a sudden (laughs) he starts singing and I was like, is is this a new record? What's going on? Uh, So that was a big surprise. I had no idea that you sing. That's really cool. Uh... I love the arrangement on this. Uh, Why don't we actually give this a listen right now? Let's do it. And give our listeners a chance to, to check it out too. All right, here goes.
that was really pretty. And yeah. Thank you. Nice, nice harmony. Um, have you ever sang on anything like live or recorded before other than this? Yeah. Yes. Uh, very, you know, within the last couple of years, I was always just a, sh- a shower singer. I love um, that title. <laughs> and I, yeah, <laughs> which, you know, you know, I love singing in the shower. It's great. The shower um, singers. Showers, the shower singers. Anyway, sorry, oh, continue. That should, it should be. Max coined it. Um, but yeah, so my first time ever singing live for people was at my senior recital at Berkeley. And that was a surpri- complete surprise to my parents. Um, they flew in from Seattle for it and had no idea. And I just played Moon River solo piano uh just solo and i started singing and they were crying and it was all amazing um and then since then i i've yeah (laughs) um since then i've performed moon river one other time at a house show um and then for this album i just thought it would you know be a nice uh, another way to surprise them because they also did not know I was going to do that on the album. Um, and I thought it'd be nice to have it in, you know, with, you know, some solo moments like the intro. Um, but um, mostly as like, a, you know, just a nice final touch to my first record is just, you know, the first song I ever sang live to them. It's one of my, you know, one of my grandparents' favorite songs. So, um, yeah, I've, I still, you know, I haven't had vocal lessons, really, um, you know, formal vocal lessons, but um, maybe in the future. Um, but definitely, like, since then, I've, I've done a few gigs um, singing backgrounds here in New York. So um, I'm, I'm starting to feel more confident singing in public, which, which I think is, you know, it's I have a long road ahead of me, but, you know, if I you know, can just, you know, practice and do little gigs, little, you know, opportunities to sing every now and then. I think, um, you know, it would only uh, benefit my, yeah, music, musical career. an inspiration career. for tons of jazz musicians. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's quite a journey for instrumentalists to uh, start singing. That's something that... that I started to figure out uh, a little bit before too. And it's, it's weird, like having all this training with music and instruments and then all of a sudden just trying to sing with, with like for me, it was feeling like I had so little training. Like, am I even allowed to sing? Which is a ridiculous notion, but that's that's how it felt all the same. No, I know. I, I agree. It was kind of, I had to kind of get over the, like oh like i'm not trained so i can't sing Mm -hmm. kind of thing but also in my playing like you know a lot of my improv uh you know these days does stem from me singing and playing what i'm singing so you know i feel it is the best way and i feel like my playing has become unique in that way because i've been able to you know really trust you know i still have a long way to go but channeling you know what's in my head and you know tra- you know i uh, kind of you know making that transfer seamless between my um between my voice and my um in my hands and my muscles versus like the opposite which is you know r- trying to play as though i'm mm-hmm. reciting mm-hmm. you know 
bubble right. <laughs> and you know going go growing going through material that i know and i still you know i still some stuff will always come out you know when i solo that i'm like ah man i've done this before but i really try to have that not be a thing and um really just trying to yeah play from my heart that's, uh, that's um, one of the big challenges I, as an improviser yeah. definitely definitely I'm still working on it, but I think the singing, you know, it's it's helped me. Oh, totally. You know, it's helped. Cool. Yeah, it definitely helped. Well, me can we move on to? I want to talk about one more thing here. Um, sure. Unless you had anything else you wanted to talk about with your record, no? Okay. Uh, social media is a thing. Sure. And mm-hmm. you're good at it. <laughs> and so I just kind of thought I would <laughs> ask how you do it. What's uh? Does sure. It, is it helpful? Is it something other people should do? What is it? Yes. Um. How did you get started doing it? Mm-hmm. Can you just tell people about basically for those who don't know. I think you have, I don't know how many now, twenty some thousand Instagram followers. A or, ridiculous amount. Which is like pretty cool for any uh. those who know and use Instagram. Um. So what's what's that all about? And like, you know. How, yeah. So uh, it's, I go back kind of back and forth with, you know, I I always have, I've always had mixed feelings about social media and, you know, of course, Instagram, you know, at the beginning when it first came out and I don't know, 2011, no, no, yeah, 2011, I don't know when it came out, but you know, at first it was definitely used for personal, you know, I don't care about posting this photo. Right. I'm just going to post it. Cause I, cause I had a fun night. <laughs> like, I don't know. Um, but it's actually for musicians, especially it's really transformed the, the community in, in the last uh, few years Definitely. or so. Um, my, my, I guess my story specifically is, um, there's a page called pick up, pick up music, um, and they feature, you know, they have close to, I think now half a million, uh, followers. It's run by this guy, Sam Blakelock. And, um, one of my friends knew him and introduced me, um, I think towards my, yeah, in my last year at Berkeley. Um, and I kind of, you know, I was, I've, kind of started watching the videos that he tended to repost on there, um, kind of got a feel for, you know, it like really down to like the format, the, how it looks, the lighting, like it, you know, just really nitpicky yeah. stuff. Um, but I just, you know, it, but I hadn't really posted many, uh, videos of myself playing like on the internet, you know, really at all. So, you know, above all, I kind of just wanted to play some music and just post it and i wasn't really thinking about you know like if people, i didn't really honestly i didn't really care if people watched it i just wanted to play cool stuff and and kind of have it as a marker of my you know where my playing was at, at the t- you know mm-hmm. at the time um but yeah i've i've gotten uh, some tra- i definitely got um the start of my like traction i guess from that page and being reposted on that page um but then another big part at least in the last like two years for me is collaborating with different Mm. musicians in videos so you know i'll have people come over to my apartment and you know whether they're a guitar player or a singer or a keys player and we'll do some you know 
collaboration. We'll play for a little bit and then we'll be like, oh, this sounds really cool. Do you want to record it? And it's, you know, not a big deal or anything. You know, we do, I don't like to do 10 takes of something. We'll do like one or two and whatever it is, it is. And, um, and yeah, so I kind of just ended up somehow, you know, just through collaborations and some pages reposting my uh, videos, uh, just kind of gaining some, I don't know, attention through that. Um, It's still kind of weird. It's still (laughs) kind of weird, but it's it's a cool thing. (laughs) What what apps or programs do you use to sync videos when you're playing with people who are not in the same room as you? Because I've seen a couple of your videos where... Uh, you'll have you know oh, multiple yeah. people playing at the same time. Um, do you just record to a click? Yes. Separately, or do you I... actually play at the same time, or how does that work? For those, actually, like I've done a couple with drummers, um, where and actually with that, they will actually record their video first, their drum beat first, and they'll send it over to me, and then I'll just record something <laughs> over it. And video myself doing it, and I actually send it back to them, and then they put oh. together the video. So actually, the ones, the ones that like the only ones I actually do all the editing for and uh, everything are just the ones where the other person is physically in my, you know, here um, and playing with me. So actually, I don't know, but it, it, that is a very good question. I should, cool. I should ask. And the uh, videos look really great. That. Do you have like a lighting rig and like a fancy camera or something, or? How much thought do you give it to? Not at all. Literally, no. I just have my Android. I have like an Android no S9, way. S8. But I, but I have, but you know, the lighting is pretty good for in this window. So you know, at the right time of day, I don't really have to do anything. But I don't use the front mm-hmm. camera. I use the, you know, the normal camera, and I just, I, I can never see what it looks like till after gotcha. I record it. So it just has to kind of be in the perfect place. Um, but I don't, you know. I try not to, you know, it's, it's very easy with the social media, you know, this social media day and age to kind of get caught up in it. And I do know people that spend so many hours editing and lighting and like redoing, redoing, redoing. And I'm just, I really, I'm, I'm super grateful for, you know, people that I've been able to connect with and meet and, you know, opportunity playing opportunities through social media and Instagram specifically. However, I really like try to not have it be a thing that takes over my For life sure. <laughs> because I don't think that's, I don't, I don't, I don't think that's healthy. Um, and I, I have found that people, you know, tend to like things that I post more if there's like a little slip up and, <laughs> or just like, even if there is like people like it no matter what. And like a lot of these musicians on Instagram are, you know, they're just starting out and they just really want to see like some cool music, some cool original creative players. And, uh, so just knowing that I've, I've been able to really, uh, just, you know, you know, just kind of, I don't know, just remind myself that, you know, this doesn't, it can't take over my life. And, you know, if I do one or two takes, it's going to be good. It's good. It's going to be totally usable. And, um, yeah, something I shouldn't stress cool. over. <laughs> that sounds like a really healthy way yes. to go about it. I'm glad to hear that that's uh, bringing you success. Yeah, yeah, it, it has. It really has. I've been able to connect and meet a ton of musicians, like very, very nice people um, who are, you know, they'll message me and be like, hey, I'm in New York. Are you playing? Or like, 
you know, vice versa. You know, if I go, I had to go out to LA sometimes. So I've been able to meet a lot of really um, amazing people out there. Um, random studio sessions. I've, I got a gig at Austin City Limits last October with this artist Fatai just through Instagram because wow. awesome. we had a, one we, we had one mutual friend and she was she I don't even know like I don't know if she told her about me or whatever but it all it takes is just one like little you know yeah. like line connecting the dots to you know have some you know things that are real and not on the yes. internet. <laughs> All right. Well, so. we're coming up on time here uh, for for what we have, and uh, but before we close, I wanted to ask you if there's any gigs that you're going to be playing soon that we should be watching out for, especially if they're out in Seattle. But no worries if they're in New York. Some Seattleites uh, are, I'm sure, heading out that ways too. <laughs> yeah, totally. Uh, man, I wish I was playing in Seattle soon. I would love to ha- like tour. Max and I were even talking about you know potentially helping set up a tour at some point in the future for me in Seattle. But uh, right now my shows are just in New York, uh, November 25th at Rockwood Music Hall with that's with my other group, my quintet, my electronic, more electronic fusion quintet. And then um, also December 3rd, same group at this venue in Brooklyn called Come On Everybody. Nice. Um, Yeah, which Max, Max was there last month yeah <laughs> um so those are yeah those are my two shows uh with my with my if music coming find out. out um where your future shows are can they find those on your website yes which they is... can. oh which is <laughs> it's um uh, danaegreenfield.com awesome awesome um, well that thank it. you so much danae for joining <laughs> us this has been wonderful thank you danae of course. Thank you, guys. This is awesome. Awesome. And for all you listeners, if you like what you're uh, hearing and you want to hear more, uh, you can follow us on Facebook. Look up Jazz Talk Seattle. And the podcast is available on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, wherever else you get your regular podcasts. Thanks for listening. Thanks, Danae.